that that brings a memory that when the attack comes that they know that there are people that love them dearly and are praying for them this is a time not to slack in your prayers but this is a time to to make mention in your prayers and to undergird them and lift them up in your prayers pray for the prophets right now and and uh undergird them because they're under an attack i'm gonna tell you the enemy does not want these words to come out because these words expose things that they're trying to keep hidden and um so keep them in your prayers and uh i don't want to go any further i'm ready for the word today are y'all ready for the word today amen how many of you ready to place a demand on the anointing amen amen why don't you give a good south louisiana welcome to prophet robin bullock as they come amen just lift our hands and bless God. Come on, we want to thank our God. He is absolutely good. Come on and bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. I don't know, man. So I'm gonna jump. 
that the Shekinah glory of God enters the room at that point. They tell everybody in the room to drop your head and close your eyes because they're afraid that they'll die if they see it. But what they don't realize is is that glory lives on the inside of you now as a born-again believer. It's down on the inside of your spirit. So when we start speaking shalom over you, shalom over you, then you ought to hold up your hands and say, I receive, I receive, I receive. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever thought about this? Just keep going. Just... That, have you ever thought about why you raise your hands at all? Have you ever thought about that? Why do you raise your hands? How come they spontaneously go up? And even those who don't raise their hand are prompted to. They just won't do it. But they're prompted to do it. Have you ever wondered why that is? It's because in the days of covenant, see, Western minds don't understand blood covenant. Tribal minds understand blood covenant. 
I'm a very tribal person. And tribal minds do that. And they understand this a lot more. And in the old days, they used to make a cut in some covenants across their palm. Then they would bleed the blood together. And whatever one has, the other has. And if I ever ask you for something, then I'm bound by this covenant to give it back to you if you ever need this. This is called the covenant. It's called, this is one covenant. There's many, but this is one. And so then they would let it scar so that no matter what, and if the covenant was broken, it was pronounced there's bad blood between two people. And if the covenant is ever broken, then my family or your family would hunt down the one who broke it in their family to the fourth generation. And this is why you get words like that in the scripture that says unto the fourth generation. And so when you, but when you would make this covenant, pronouncement would be made then that blood is thicker than milk. It means that the blood covenant between me and a brother is more binding than the same than the natural brother that we drank from the same mother's milk. And if it came down to him dying or the covenant brother dying, then the natural brother would have to die because the covenant couldn't be broken. And so in those days, once the scar was made, if I hadn't saw you in 20 years and I walked into a room with a thousand people and I thought I saw you across the room, to be sure, I would do this to show you my scar. And if it was my covenant brother, they would immediately do this. And the whole covenant day that we made this came rushing back to our thinking. Whenever you're prompted to lift your hands like this, it's because Jesus at that moment stretched his out toward you like this. And he showed you his scars. And he held them out to you like that. And in your born again spirit, you're compelled to lift your hands up like this. And even if you don't understand covenant, they'll immediately start going up. And you find it hard to oppress that, to stop raising your hands. It's because from time to time, he stretches his hands over the balcony of heaven. And the scripture says, when they ask him, where did you get those scars? He said, in the house of my friends. Friends is the covenant of strong friendship. And it was life. It cost you your life if you broke it. And so he would hold it out like this, even though he knew we broke the covenant. He made it with us, with God, so that when you enter in, he can say, this is what you're a part of. And he reminds you of that in service after service. So never be ashamed to lift your hands because he's a tribal God. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And no matter what you think, this is where his position is. And he stretches them out toward you daily. So right now, why don't you lift your hands and tell him, I'm in covenant with you, my Lord. I'm in covenant with you. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Come on. And so we say, we say it this way. Shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken in you. 
you will see, says the Lord is in this place. For you have thought that I did not hear cries from my people. It was lies, for I hear them night and day. change it's gonna change suddenly it will be for those say who is this god he's way too silent oh but you see everything gets quiet just below the roar everything seems lost and then i'll open the door you will see Says the Lord who wins your fights. Hallelujah. Come on. Lift your hands and give him praise in this house. How we bless the Lord. Thank you. 
set forever will end you see for I'm going to change three leaders and I'll change them around the globe around the world and you will know and you'll begin to take your tribal flag and unfurl it and hold it up before your God because I am going to have my way and I'm going to use you says the Lord I'm going to start in New Orleans today a day of change. It's a time of change. I see gnashing of teeth. And some who are losing power are gnashing with their teeth. And they will become vicious. They'll become vicious toward you. You stand. You stand, for when I begin to clean up the police force in this area, there will be a shaking. But the Lord said those who have my call on them to those offices will rise like cream to the top. It's about to be a revival in the military, and you will see this happen. You'll start seeing it sporadically. Keep your eyes open for this. It'll be a revival in the military. Yeah, Lord, how much I tell them that. Because the militaries, a lot of them are fed up. Yeah. 
Things are going to change. Rejoice and be glad. And hasten the pace. Hallelujah. Are you glad you came? Look at your neighbor and say, well, I'm glad you're here. It's gonna it's gonna be a good a good time today. A good time today. Robin, come up here, honey. And um you had something on your heart that the Lord has placed on your heart for days. And so I want you to come up and, and share that a moment or, or however long you need before we do. Praise the Lord. Um I was over at the the meeting in uh, Gonzales, and I was sitting there the night, the first night, and my precious friend, that is my covenant sister now, she got me this the first time we ever met. She brought this to me, and I she just blesses and so i i received it and i immediately began to write the words that the lord had given me so i i have it with me all the time and i grabbed it out of my office and and uh put it on the bus and i was sitting there in the meeting and as i sat there the lord said begin to write he said you will you will tell this sunday and so I just started writing down what he gave me. The next night I was sitting there and he started giving me more and more to uh, write this down and to release this word. And pastors, this is to you both. And I was sitting there and the word of the Lord came and I've got... Uh, New Orleans meeting, and he took me to Genesis 26, and I was reading out of there, and he said to the pastors, Garland and Beverly Bilbo, you have digged the wells of your father, the wells of your father, just as Isaac. He said, you have redigged the wells. He said, you didn't go as in, uh, you can go back and read it in Genesis 26 when uh, God told Isaac, don't go down to Egypt. You stay here. I mean, don't leave, but you stay here. And he said, he began to redig the wells and every well that he, he uh, dug up, somebody had words with him. There was strife over every well. And so the Lord says to tell you that you've redigged the wells of your father, but this well will be one that you have, this one that you have, you have dug will flow through the entire city, just as Isaac, because the last well that he dug, he was talking to the leaders 
And they were making a covenant together because Isaac had grown so much that he he was um, he had outgrew the leaders of the city. And they came to him and they said, whoa, we got to make a pact here together because you're larger than us. And so as they did, one of Isaac's people run in and said, we've struck water. But the water just wasn't a little well. It was enough for the whole city. And the Lord said that here today, it was no mistake that we're in this city today because this is the well that's going to flow. This is your well. This is your well because you you redig the ones of your father. That's awesome because you've honored him. But this is your well, and this is the well that your servant has come today and to proclaim that there's water enough for the whole city now. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Said so this well will last and the one that will wash away past. For the past will not be able to ride this wave of glory that will operate in this ministry from this day. For the Lord will bring you double for shame and the glory for all to see that I, the Lord your God, have not abandoned thee. So I sent you this word from the double, Robin and Robin, and he had me put R&R &R for you, rest and relaxation. And this is so unlike me, but you will understand this. He said, he said rest, rest and relax, for your latter will be greater than your former. And I heard him speak in this vernacular. And in this accent, and he said to tell you, I guarantee. <laughs> Hallelujah. I guarantee. I uh, I want you got your Bibles with you. Never go to war without your sword. Hallelujah! If it's on your phone, hold your phone up. If it's on in your hand, hold your your Bible up, your iPad, whatever. <laughs> you know, you know. It's like Brother Copeland always said. I can't get used to saying, though, "Would you open your iPad to?" <laughs> Father, we ask you to give us eyes to see and ears to hear, that we can learn your word together as a family. I give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want you to look at Exodus chapter 14 for a few minutes. The Lord's going to do some very special things this morning. In the prophetic realm, it's going to be things. And people say, well, uh, all of that, well, well, brother, that was really something. When did you... When did you uh, write all that down? I, we didn't. That stuff, that came while you're standing there. All these prophetic words in the music and all comes while we're just playing. And, and we never know what we're going to play. You know, you just hit a note and start. And, um, and then the Lord, he can open this frequencies, open doors and things like that. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> look at Exodus 14 just a few minutes and uh, 
this is what the Lord want, wants me to say to you, at least for just a little while, then things will change. Now, in 14, verse 16, he says, But lift thou up thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Now, can I, can I see that staff that they gave you this morning? Would that be all right if I could see that? The Lord always, the Lord always sends me staffs and things like that. Now, I want you to, um, I'm going to tell you some things and I want you to really look at this staff a moment. I'm going to tell you some things that, um, that Jewish tradition teaches to this day, movies have been made contain, containing some of the facts of it. <clears throat> and uh, it's because it's in their writings. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with telling you about things that's in their tradition. As long as it don't take away from the word. If anything bumps the word. See, what you have to remember is, is that our fundamentals are unchangeable. Your fundamentals is this. Jesus, born of the Virgin Mary, grew up the spotless, sinless Lamb of God. He died on the cross for us. He went into hell for us. He paid the price for us. And he rose again after three days and nights, and he's seated at the right hand of God the Father, making intercession for us, and him and him only, and his blood is the only way to heaven. As long as what you're teaching never bumps one of those fundamentals, then it's probably not dangerous. It's just something you haven't heard. But if it bumps one of those, it must be thrown out immediately. <clears throat> Amen. Now, in Genesis, we find out that Adam was expelled from the garden. When Adam was expelled from the garden, the ancient teachers teach this. That God wanted him, he didn't want him to leave empty-handed. So he took a limb off of the tree of life, and he put his name in it. And he gave it to Adam as a staff. And according to the Jews, Adam carried this staff. And when Abel was killed, murdered by Cain, then Seth ended up with the staff, the substitute. Now, you have to remember in the genealogies of Genesis 5, when it says, and Adam begot Seth, and Seth begot Enos, Enos begot Kaanan, Kaanan begot, you know, so on, Mahalalil, and it goes on and on. It's, if you take all of those names and you put them together and you just define each name, all of them are Hebrew names, and you define each name and then you put them together, it says this. It says, for man will come a substituted mortal the great God will come down out of heaven teaching and at his death will bring the despairing rest. That's the genealogy in Genesis 5. And so what's going on there is this is the gospel. When the Bible says that God preached the gospel to Abraham aforetime, that's what he's talking about. That was their gospel. They knew the Messiah would come. 
They knew he would have to die. They knew all of that. And so they preached that gospel. That's the gospel they understood. So according to the Jews, when Adam left the garden, God gave him a limb from the tree of life and made him a staff so he wouldn't leave empty-handed. So he gave it to Seth. Seth passed it down to Enos and so forth. And they say that the staff came all the way down and Noah took the staff on the ark. And because it was from the tree of life, it represented the authority, see, that Adam had. And I remember he named all the animals. And think about it. If he had Adam's staff on the ark, and the Jews also teach that he had, uh, Noah had the, the skins that, that had been made from the sacrifices on the ark. And so the animals came to the ark because it was Adam's authority. And so when they, when they uh, the staff made the journey on the ark. When the, when the ark landed, Noah gave the staff to Shem. Shem took the staff, and Shem began to teach the gospel, and he taught something known as the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord is the empowerment from heaven the ability to do anything impossible or possible. And it was given to Adam. Remember he said, I, he, he, the Lord blessed him and said unto him. And then in Noah's day, after Noah landed on the ark, he said, the Lord blessed Noah with the same blessing of Adam, Adam. And so Noah gave the staff to Shem. Shem opened an academy in what we now know as East Jerusalem. And he opened an academy, and guess what they called it? The Academy of Shem. <laughs> That's what they called it. And it was the Academy of Shem. It was what we would call a Bible college. And Shem taught the blessing of the Lord, and he had the staff of Adam. So when he taught the blessing of the Lord, the, the Bible college grew so huge that they had to, uh, uh, it became a city. So they had to elect a lord and mayor over the city. And they, the, the name of the mayor uh, is, a, is, is pronounced, my Hebrew is not really great, but it'd be Chazadek. Uh, so he became Mel Chazadek. Shem, Noah's son, was Mel Chazadek. And so he... And later, you know, you remember when Abraham, well, you don't remember it, but you've read it, where Abraham offered Isaac, you know, and he offered Isaac on the altar and so forth, and he called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh, remember? Well, later they took the name Jireh and put it with Salim because Melchizedek was the king of Salim or Salem. So we were, the real is Salim. So they took Jireh, put it with Salim, and called it Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And he said, in this mountain, it will all be seen. And with the place he offered his son Isaac was, and, 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 and listen to me, Isaac wasn't 10 years old. You know, I, I saw this movie where George C. Scott played Abraham. You know, I like George. He did a good job. He played Patton pretty graphic, you know. He, he did a lot of good. You know, I liked him in Scrooge on, on uh, you know, I like that. 
but he played Abraham and he led Isaac out to sacrifice him. And he got into the ruins of Sodom and Gomorrah on the movie. And all of a sudden, Isaac, he couldn't bear to look at Isaac because he was going to have to kill Isaac. So he just looked away from Isaac like that on the movie, and he just ran off. And little Isaac was 10 years old, and he was going around in a circle going, my father, my father, my father, and they couldn't find him. Well, Isaac wasn't 10. Isaac was around 33 or 35 years old when he went up that mountain. And he had to be a willing sacrifice because he was a type of Jesus. And Abraham was a type of the father. So when you start noticing these things, and so he said, in this mountain it will be seen. So he called it Jerusalem, and the mountain he offered him on was not Mount Moriah. It was in the Moriah region of mountains. He said, the land of Moriah on one of the mountains I'll show you of. The highest mountain in the region is Calvary. And so there, more than likely on Calvary, Isaac was offered. And so he named the place Jerusalem, Mount Calvary. And this is where it will all happen. And it did all happen there. So now it came down, and when Shem met Abraham coming back from the slaughter of the kings, the Bible said he blessed him. He blessed him. And according to the ancient. He gave him the staff. So Abraham had the staff that came from the tree of life. And so it had the name, majestic name of God in, the, in it, yod Hey vav Hey, uh, he who lives in eternity. And he had his name burned in the staff. So now Abraham has the staff. Abraham gives the staff to Isaac. Isaac gave it to Jacob. And remember in the scripture when it would say things like this, and it pointed this out so you wouldn't miss it. He said, Jacob said, I have went across this Jordan with nothing but my staff. He's talking about that staff. And he said, I passed over Jordan with nothing but my staff, and now I'm become two bands. I prospered so big. So he gets over there, and remember, Laban starts cheating him out of everything. Changed his wages ten times. And so Jacob, he said, I'm leaving. And Laban said, or Laban, he said, oh, stay. I've learned the Lord has blessed me, that blessing, because of you. Because Jacob carried the blessing. Are you with me? Everybody with me now? Come on, this is not what I'm preaching, but this ain't costing nobody one dime. I mean, this is just, this is just, as we say in Alabama, being chunked out there. <laughs> so he, he said, you won't pay. He said, tell me what you want to make. How would you like to have your employer tell you that? Tell me what you want to make. You just tell me, I'll pay it. Jacob said, don't give me anything. If you want me to stay here, then give me all the speckled and spotted sheep. Laban said, oh, yes. So that night he had his sons remove them all. So he was going to make Jacob start over with just white sheep. Jacob said, this won't do. So in a dream, he saw in a dream him taking rods. 
and he peeled streaks and spots in them, and he laid them in the gutters, the watering troughs. And when the sheep came to water and they would mate, they would be looking at those speckled and spotted rods. And Jacob would be looking at the speckled and spotted rods and then looking at those sheep and looking at those rods and then looking at those sheep. So now we start to learn that rods, staffs, are involved in vision and imparting vision to sheep. Hallelujah. So you start, you start going along with this. And, and you start seeing these things unfold. Well, then Jacob was going to give Joseph the staff. And he made him the coat, the chieftain's coat. The coat of many colors. Because Jacob was a pastor of speckled and spotted sheep. <laughs> See, that's what you want to be. You want to be involved in a flock that's speckled and spotted. Some of you will get that a little bit later. You, you, want to be, you want to be involved in a flock like that because the Bible said they are the strongers. It does. It said they're stronger. It said Laban's sheep was weak. But the speckled and spotted sheep, they were strong. And Jacob, they said when the, when the others would come and and try to, to water in the trough, Jacob would see Laban's coming, and he'd take the rods out and hide them. Y'all drink, sheep, hurry up. And then when they'd leave, he'd put them back in the gutters and let his come. So that all of this, notice the significance of the staff. So Jacob was going to give it to Joseph, but his brothers got jealous of Joseph. So he, they took Joseph, threw him in a pit. They would have killed him. But they threw him in a pit. Now, Joseph is wearing the coat of many colors. The many colors. All of them's in his coat. And so he's, he's going to get the staff. Well, they can't stand that. So they get rid of Joseph. Well, Jacob can't give him the staff. So according to the Jews, when the, you know the story. When he finally got to Egypt, when it all was settled and done, and Joseph was the most powerful man in the world, and he was even a father to Pharaoh. So when all of this took place and Jacob came into Egypt, the Jews te teach that he gave Joseph the staff. When he gave him the staff, he said, Joseph told the, his brethren, he said, when I'm dead, you go back to Canaan and take my bones with you. Because he knew that the Egyptians only favored them because of him so 